From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. We kick off a new In Her Boots podcast series with Betty Anderson of the Old Smith Place. Betty shares her journey from serving as a cryptologist in the military and living all over the world to meeting her husband and settling in to create her diversified operation in southern Wisconsin. For Betty, it's all about finding your tribe and reaching out and creating that no-judgment zone that flourishes when we connect with other women farmers. Betty Anderson and her husband, Dane, are the current stewards at the Old Smith Place outside Broadhead, Wisconsin. Their 40 acres is home to a Jersey house cow, as well as goats, chickens, ducks, guinea fowl, and several fuzzy felines. Betty is a Navy veteran and relatively new to farm life, but has been gardening and putting up produce since she was a kid. She currently sells her jams and other canned items under Wisconsin's cottage food law. We are kicking off a new series of our Moses in Her Boots podcast with Betty Anderson of the Old Smith Place. Welcome, Betty. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your story. And I have had the good fortune of knowing Betty for years now here in my Wisconsin farmhood. And you are a force lady for women, women farmers, community, local food, the most incredibly funky canned items and jellies I've ever ever tasted uh, and onwards. So thank you. And as I recall, though, is it fair to say when you started your your adult life vision, ending up at a farm in Wisconsin might not have been part of that plan? <laughs> or where <laughs> not, did you start? Where did you grow up? Not at all. It was not at all on my radar. Not on your radar. <laughs> but oh. that, that seems to be a theme with a lot of the women we talk to here. So you're in good spirits there. But where, where were you? Did you have ag roots growing up? or? Um, I was born and raised in Harvard, Illinois. And so, you know, I was a, a dairy community. So it's not like something foreign to me. But I left there um, right after high school and traveled the world, so to speak. And then just, I lived in cities all over the world, did not really think that I would be on a farm in Broadhead, Wisconsin, of all places. Just, yeah, totally not on my radar. So you you spent some time in the military then. Yeah. That's what took you sure. in different places, right? Yeah. yeah. But different careers too. You were, you're a, I can never say it right, a crypt... Cryptologic technician. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're a code breaker. Uh, well, Kinda. actually, that's just a fancy word to say um, an electronics technician who works on secret stuff. <laughs> All right. But fair enough, a different but, career. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then how, so how do things evolve to here? 
the people you meet play a role along the way, right? They do. They really do. So when I was a little girl, um, my aunt, who is also named Betty, she lives in Beloit, Wisconsin, and she took care of her mom for years. She had opportunities to marry and have kids and do that whole thing, but she didn't. She stayed with her mom, and her mom passed away fairly early, but I was junior high or younger around that time frame, and it really made a big impact on me. And I told myself then that when she needed me, when she was older, I would be around for her. And so uh, I was overseas around the time Clinton was doing a bunch of um, offers to people, to middle managers to get out of the service early, you know, trying to sort of decrease the forces. And I thought about it and I said, you know, I, I think I'll do that. I think it's time to head back to Beloit and see how my auntie's doing. And and yeah, from there, um, at some point along the way, she decided to move into uh, uh, not an assisted living, but a you know independent living for seniors. And uh, while she was there, the man who maintained that whole building uh, turned out to be my husband of today. <laughs> we we met and married in my fiftieth year, and it's. It's been a weird little honeymoon thing. Still is sort of a nice. honeymoon. <laughs> and Dane joined this party with farming roots, right? Yes. So the farm that we live on is third generation in his family. He's the third generation. And he was actually brought home there from the hospital. Um, his folks divorced when they were young. And so he was there weekends and summers and did all that kind of work as a boy. And then he got married and had kids and had a whole life uh, in Janesville. Um, never left the county, actually, his whole life. <laughs> and um, saw her through a battle with cancer, and I met him a few years after that. Just when they were finishing with uh, his stepmother had passed on, and they were just wrapping up a sort of messy, sort of um, common type of farm transition. And... Um, through some weird fluke, we ended up farmers. <laughs> so you're back on his his family land, the yeah, place yeah. he was, and did uh, so. Is that you kind of stumbled into it? Is it fair to say? Yeah, totally. But and, uh, yeah, things so, happen for reasons. Yeah, they do, and it's really so odd. I mean, he asked me, "What do you What do you think about this?" You know, because we could go a couple different ways here, and I said, "You know, um, I've." I'd kind of like to be a goat farmer. And he laughed. And I said, you know, I've eaten goat in lots of different countries, and it's really good. And I think that um, our area has enough um, ethnic influence that it could be a really good um, market for us. And so that was kind of our thought going in. We would raise meat goats. And um, things have gone a different direction. We still have goats, but... Uh, so describe the farm now. You've got a lot of things going on, and we'll talk more about the diversification yeah, a bit, yeah, but yeah. how would you describe the Old Smith Place uh, today? I would call it a 40-acre diversified livestock homestead. Um, we raise fruits and vegetables. I have a little um, value-added canning business um, from our produce that we raise. Um, we have a couple of cows and their offspring, so we raise our own meat and, and enough to to share. And um, yeah, this year we, we grew hemp for the first time. Um, and being new to this community, I really wanted to, to meet more of my neighbors. And so I thought, 
an opportunity arose to get into um, small town government, and I became I was elected treasurer this year to my little township. So nice. that and another soil sister friend of mine, we jumped into this, and it, that's been a sort of whirlwind. Um, and our our hemp uh, growing led us to um, start a co-op this year. Just so many things. This is this has been an interesting year. <laughs> and we have another episode of our podcast with F.L. Morris, who founded the co-op yeah. that you're talking about. She's so you can fantastic. put all these pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. But it, you're exactly right. It has to do with community coming together it's, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. seeing opportunities and really supporting yeah. each other. So yes, you do a lot of different things there. And yeah. um, do you so with the the canning in particular, do you, you do primarily markets, different farmers markets? Um, yeah. So I started learning about direct marketing um, because of Chris Marion in the first place. She had a, a wonderful little market in Blanchardville, and they really understand support your local farmer there on account of Chris, really. So that was my first. And then uh, there was a little market in New Glarus and helped me get my feet wet and learn a little about marketing and um, and then I stumbled onto um, the VA, which is another whole long story. I didn't even know I could get care over there, but long story short, um, that's kind of been my home market is mm-hmm. the is the VA. I kind of identify with those old crusty guys over there. At the Veterans Administration. At the Veterans Administration. Administration. Or at the hospital, the okay. Veterans Hospital. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, so the canning side, how did you, we'll talk more about that in another episode too, but sure. was that something you've always been doing or did you learn it? Mm-hmm. It's a, you've got a skill for identifying <laughs> flavors. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, growing up in, in Harvard, we didn't have direct ag roots, but my family, my mom put up the the produce, you know, so I learned about canning from her. But my dad did the fun stuff, like making jelly and wine and, and stuff like that. And my dad's passed on now. and uh, But I think about him, you uh-huh. know, when I'm, when I'm doing that stuff and... Uh, Makes me feel good to feed my family, to, to, um, and to also be able to have some income from that now because mm-hmm. of our somewhat limited cottage food loss in Wisconsin. <laughs> Fair enough. Did you and Dane need to do a lot to the farm when you moved there? I mean, I know oh, it's an ongoing project, but sure. there's a little bit of infrastructure, mm-hmm. but you needed to make it your own too, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, um, farm transitions can be difficult. It's a, it's all across the board. And this one took a couple years, which I think is pretty normal. Um, and it was a, he has five siblings, so there was plenty of issues to work out. And, uh, uh, one of the things that happened, there were 160 acres across the road and then all the equipment and most of that was sold to satisfy debt and to, um, you know, just, keep the estate going while decisions were made. And so most of the equipment was auctioned off. So we came in with a, you know, uh, Dane's uh, folks had uh, put their kids through college and the farm really did that, but it also suffered. And, um, you know, it was a dairy farm at one point. And, um, you know, his dad worked at GM and did all the things he needed to do to try to make ends meet on the farm. But um, so we had a lot of infrastructure. We had to put in a whole new septic and the barn was falling down and the house was um, needed a lot of work. And so we probably spent the first two years out there just remodeling and shoring up the barn and doing things like that. 
Yeah, always, mm-hmm. always a project. I understand. Yeah. And so, yeah. looking back now, those first beginning years, what what resources did you find helpful on the farming side? Mm-hmm. I know you're you're a big researcher and learner, but what what are some things you'd recommend for uh, women who may be looking at that kind of leap and jump? Yeah. So. Um, so many things, but uh, nutshell, um, I would say, uh, find your tribe, find the mm-hmm. people who can help you live out what you want to do. And w- I'll probably talk more about the Soil Sisters and and the wonderful which is uh, we should tribe. We, a we, group we, we have here right. locally of women right. farmers who do exactly that, which makes a yeah. huge difference for us all. Yeah. You're so right, and so interesting. Oddly, I found out about Soil Sisters. I didn't even know Soil Sisters was a thing, actually. But I, I met you through, um, actually, a relative of Dane's, Joylene Revis. Who was raising emus at the time. Uh, she was. And I, I just knew that um, a cousin of Dane's passed away, and we went to a funeral. And I didn't know uh, Joylene. I met her um, as I shook her hand to say, you know, give my condolences at her loss of her husband was, was uh, Dane's cousin. And um, so we met that day, and I think we attended a grant workshop shortly thereafter, and then she mentioned Lisa Kivaris. <laughs> and uh, very shortly after we that, we attended. In. Yeah, yeah. But I, you, I you raised inter- a really good point. It's it's women reaching out to each other, right? Yes, it, it is, totally. And you might totally. not know what somebody else needs, and mm-hmm. that's not the point. It's just to keep inviting, right? And if yes. somebody yeah. doesn't say yes the first time, that's okay, right? Totally To okay. uh, keep asking. Yeah, because, yeah, we need we need each other, and um, and our, our community needs us. They definitely need us women, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. But with you now, too, in county government, how do you see that blending with farming? Are you able to bring some new perspectives? Because where we live here in southern Wisconsin is still a primarily industrial dairy area, mm-hmm. right? We're pretty still statistically few and far between of women's small-scale organic mm-hmm. operations. But they see you, right? And they get to know you. Yeah, I mean, so Dane's uh, uncle lives next door to us, and um, you know, I don't think I'd have the guts to do what we're doing if he wasn't there. He he was a dairy man for years and a really good good man. I mean, good with not good with his livestock, good with his practices, good to the land. And all we have to do is go next door and say, "Mark, what do you think of this?" Mm-hmm. And um, and he'll have an answer. Yeah. He might not agree with the way I, I might think about going about something, but he'll tell me what he thinks of it. And he'll tell me maybe what another way might be. And he's just with love and cause he's family. And I thought, I really only know family here. So I really got to get out there and meet the rest of my community. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So that's, are there, are there other, like, are you a book person or a web or how else do you <laughs> like to access info? Or is it more so asking other people? So everything for me is relational. I mean, um, your listserv, Lisa, the, you know, Green County Women in Sustainable Ag is a great resource. I mean, you pop out a question there and you'll get 10 different answers, all of which would work, but then you find the one that's going to work for your situation and um, such camaraderie and such support. And, and, you know, 
let's face it, women just think a little different than guys do. We're built a little different than guys are. And so we need to be able to bounce things off of people who think like we do. And so that's been so helpful. I think, too, you definitely see that amongst the women farmer community of that no judgment zone, right? Mm -hmm. Totally. Hey, this worked for me. But it might not work for you, and that's okay, right? And Absolutely. that there's lots yeah. of solutions to things. I think, too, that's yeah. what draws women into both organic agriculture and land stewardship, period, right, is there's lots of things and ways to do it. So many things. And interestingly, um, you know, I was never really a big fan of gathering together with other women. Um, I've worked with a lot of women all over the world, and... The group that we have here is just a little different. We don't compete with each other. We lift each other up, and then we all succeed. It's just really, um, really good. I wish more women would stop seeing other women as the competition and start looking at them as allies because we have so much to offer each other. You are so right, Betty. And, and two, it's it's definitely even more so that way, I think, in the small family farm community, right? Because the more of us that are there, the louder we get, right? And the more Mm -hmm. people, particularly in our local community, realize what's happening. And then, you know, we have a basis for making change. And um, that's a whole other story, but... Well, when you uh, know other women have your back. Yeah. (laughs) Terrific. All right. Well, we'll hear more about your story as we uh, do other episodes. Thank you, Betty. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots Project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, Moses. The mission of Moses is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on Moses, In Her Boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.